Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And the last one is obsession. (laughs) She says, before I put the people in the MRI machine, I would ask them all types of questions. But my most important question was always the same. It was, what percentage of the day and night do you think about this person? And they would say, all day, all night, I can never stop thinking about him or her. I've never had a guy that I was dating say something like this about me. I mean, I guess that you know of. I've never felt like they were that into me. <laughs> like, I would say the most that a guy has ever been into me was Space Jam in the beginning. And I was definitely like, there was a lot of time. So I was just like, he's not thinking about me. He's just in his own little world. Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Eric Spera. And I'm Molly DeMillier. And we've got a great episode for you guys this week. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to be talking about Helen Fisher's Why We Love and Why We Cheat. Yes. And this was actually sent to us by a listener. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah. We originally talked about Helen Fisher and her love anatomy test. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, from a TED Talk she did. Yeah. It's uh, I found it really, really interesting. I'm into it. There's a lot of like psychology and science behind it Mm -hmm. that uh, it's, I feel like it's very well backed. Yeah. I liked it. I think it's very, very interesting. (laughs) Uh, The one thing that really stuck out to me, if you take one thing from this was probably, um, so basically the study is they did 32 people that were madly in love and they put them in an MRI scanner and asked them different questions to see like what parts of your brain light up Mm -hmm. uh, and also what their answers were. So 17 of the people were madly in love and then 15 of the people were madly in love and had just been dumped. So. <laughs> That's a brutal time to be like, get in this scanner. Yeah. We want to study you. So it's a brutal time when someone's like, I know somebody perfect for the study. <laughs> Let's watch their brain light up. Yeah. I wonder, she really like didn't get into the study of what they showed them. But I'm like, can you mm. imagine being in an MRI scanner and it's just like, pictures of your ex coming yeah. up it's like how, how do you feel it's like your whole instagram history <laughs> yeah. or like even just pictures of them oh my god are you guys together yeah <laughs> do the you remember engagement this ring you wanted oh my oh my god that'd be <laughs> that'd be Pinterest heartbreaking board. <laughs> yeah um but uh the one thing that stuck out to me was uh the part of the brain that lights up often when people are talking about love it's also the part of the brain that lights up when people are on cocaine. Yes, that stuck out to me too. <laughs> so I was like, well, love is a drug. Love is for sure a drug. I kind of wish they had another control group that was just on like mad amounts of blow. Yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> yeah just to compare. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> or like, and then we have 15 bitter single people. <laughs> also ask the same questions (laughs) yeah i wonder if those people are just fine yeah they're just like no brain activity they're like (laughs) they appear to be brain dead yeah (laughs) (laughs) or they just have the most serotonin maybe they're the happiest maybe yeah i don't know i mean we'll get into it but yeah before we get into the details guys we are sponsored uh by sunset lake cbd and we have a promo code for you of sgs20 for 20 percent off anything you order on the site and they got a lot of stuff, man. There's, a lot. They keep sending us more packages. And every time, I, like, I swear to God, our doormen are like, what is happening? <laughs> like, why does this farm keep sending stuff here? Mm-hmm. Um, but they got everything from, like, dog treats to that melatonin that you know we love. That's clutch. Yeah. Also unique. Of all it the is. other CBD companies and things I've seen, I've yet to see someone have a CBD melatonin combination. Right. It is the only way your girls sleep in these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for our, our insomniacs out there that might be listening to this at 3 a.m. Order some Sunset Lake CBD. <laughs> Help yourself sleep. And uh, join the Patreon to get off uh, 30% all products. Yeah extra, yeah, extra discounts on the Patreon, extra giveaways over there, uh, which is patreon.com slash shooters got to shoot. Yeah, and all month long with Sunset Lake CBD, we are doing a special promo for you guys. All uh, flower products with the code flower power, you get 50% off. So 
just check it on out check out the patreon and we got a lot going on yeah join we got a good behind the scenes uh i'll announce this now an update coming up on the patreon today i officially signed up for my first ever speed dating event yeah i'm excited for this i i am intrigued yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm a little nervous but it's like well you know we just had the rules lady on and i was like what's what dating events are there and i guess my phone is listening because all of a sudden (laughs) i got an ad popping up so on a whim i did sign up for a speed dating event do you know what is it like kind of like the old school speed dating that you see in movies so theirs is an app and apparently you're in the bar and they technically pair you a little bit beforehand okay so the app will tell you who your next like match is and they're you're supposed to like find each other okay so it's not that thing in a movie that you just see someone like i think it's like all the men like shift yeah. and all one side and th- go down to the next table <laughs> i think it's basically not as structured just because they don't want it to be obvious that everyone there is doing speed dating right <laughs> but okay. at the same time it's like well at the same time people are going to be getting up and moving around so yeah. who knows uh <laughs> but it was like i forget the number of people you're guaranteed to meet but it's only 10 minutes with everybody which that oh, part nice. I like. Yeah. I'm intrigued by that. And also they do age ranges. Okay. So I am now officially in the 30 age range. So I'm in the new age range of whatever these events are. So Okay. But even number of men and women. That was the part that intrigued me. And I only yeah. had to fill out. This is actually funny. I had to fill out my height. was like the only piece of information. That was the only piece of information. Uh, my gender. Uh, and if I'm straight, bi, gay. And then my height was the only first three things they asked me when I bought my ticket. But nothing like hair color, nothing like that? No. Then later I had to fill out a little more information, but it was all like, uh, do you have kids, want kids? Okay. Um, religion, how much does it mean to you? Okay. Uh, astrology and how much it means to you. How much it means to you is interesting. Yeah, yeah. right? Like I was like, sounds like it means to someone that's looking at this uh, and pairing people. So Yeah. But I was like, man, watch me, watch me get a call that's like, well, you are too tall for any of our matches. <laughs> You don't care enough about your horoscope. Yeah, but it's just, it's funny to have the height. I was like, you should also have how much do I care about that? Because I don't care that much. Yeah. That I'm like, hey, what if there's a great guy that's an inch shorter than me and you're not going to have me, you're not going to speed him, speed date him with me? Well, and also to be asking about how much you care for the other characteristics. That's like, why is, like, they're deciding for you that that's a non-negotiable. Exactly. I, I think, I think, we don't know. I wonder if the men are getting asked. Yeah, and the man questions are just all appearance. Like, do you want a blonde brunette? Yeah, and how much does it matter to you? Yeah. <laughs> do you like tall women? Do you know what balayage is? <laughs> is it a deal breaker? Yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little nervous. but So that, that'll be coming up on the Patreon. If you want to join and get the behind the scenes. So, I think it'll be great. I think 10 minutes is a great amount of time. Because you know within 10 minutes if you want to keep talking to someone. Oh, or if that, you want to blow sure. your brains out. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. you're nervous of who am I going to meet. Right. So yeah we'll see i can't wait to hear we'll see oh my god can you imagine if you see someone you know that would actually make me feel like more relieved like if you see a guy that you know or a girl that you know or either both i think it just it'd be relief of like yeah i'm not the only one out here doing this okay you know what i mean yeah you're just like oh okay all right you you also were struggling enough that you were like fuck it i'll go to speed (laughs) yeah i'll try (laughs) to be honest when the rules lady was talking about that i didn't believe her it was still a thing I didn't, so, I didn't either. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard of this. So. Right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, one ticket to speed dating? I'll bite. So I was like, 1995, I can't really relate to. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I'm just, I'm tired of apps. I'm not getting much traction on the apps. I'm back on Hinge. Not getting anything. Yeah. No, I'm not getting much traction. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one guy. It was going well. Gave him my number because he was like, yeah, like we should go out. I was like, cool. Like, here's how you should contact me. And I just didn't hear from him. Uh, and I was like, sick. Tale as old as time. And then like two days later, I had some other guy ask me the question that every woman loves of, what are you looking for here? Ugh. And I was like, I thought this was a food delivery app. So I'm quite <laughs> confused. <laughs> like, That's a bad question. <laughs> what did he say? He got the sarcasm of it, obviously. Yeah. He was like, uh, I guess it could be. Because I was like, I actually thought this was a food delivery app, so I'm quite confused. Uh, but what are you here for to help me out? And he was like, uh, it could be if you wanted it to be. And I'm just looking for a friends with benefits, to be honest. Mm. It's obviously like, no shit. That's why you asked. Yeah, that's and that's why, why I was a dick in my response. Yeah. <laughs> and nice, I just didn't say anything. Nicer than saying casual. Right. He's like, we could be friends. We're like, you know, kept friends. Yeah. Like, I've never talked to you before in my life. Yeah. You're I've, my buddy now. <laughs> I have a new go-to answer when people say that. What? Um, they're like, what are you looking for? I go, ah, honestly, I'm just looking to fuck a bunch of strangers. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, but that's awesome. Do you want to meet up? I'm like, I'm fucking kidding. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Absolutely not. I'm like, have you ever gotten that answer? <laughs> yeah. like, 
Anyway. All right. Well, we got to get to Helen. Okay. She says that with this study, they also found that the when people fall in love, they tend to become very sexually possessive. So she says that when you're sleeping with someone casually, you usually don't care if they're sleeping with someone else. But the second you actually like get that brain stimulation that you're falling in love with them, then you become very sexually possessive of what they're doing. And she kind of relates this back to Darwinism and that it's like we're like evolved to have these brain stimulations and emotions. So I I always thought that this was more true for women because of isn't there something that's triggered in your brain essentially like once you come mm. or like when, when you have sex with a guy like a certain not like a certain number of times but like because it's different for every woman but like all of a sudden like if you have a sex with a guy too much then you're gonna biologically you're gonna catch feelings right attachment yes okay so attachment doesn't apply to men through sex however when you have feelings for someone being sexually possessive i think it's different how so well think about how every man like any man i know that's in an open relationship their half of it usually is i don't want to know or hear anything about your business elsewhere yeah it's weird to me that they can compartmentalize like that because it's like if you know that it's happening shouldn't that bother you but they don't they don't really want to know but by the concept of having an open relationship aren't you knowing in a way you're knowing and ignoring which is what men are great at in in a way i don't know but it's i mean i don't know i do think men are more possessive though about it yeah i can't explain why i feel that way but like i'm only thinking about it through the lens of attachment and to me they were the same but i guess you're Mm. like possessive now that you're saying that does sound like a stronger word to use. Yeah. And it also is why um, there are a lot of men who like care, like how many people a girl's been with. Yeah. Because they almost feel like you're less mine because you've been with all these other people, even though if I've been with more people than you. There's something yeah. that, like, I, I want to feel like I'm the only one that's been sexual with you or is, is being sexual with you. Yeah. And I feel like, I could be totally wrong here, but I feel like girls when they find out that they're Eskimo sisters with someone, they find that funnier than like, mm. I feel like if you were to tell, tell a guy that like he's an Eskimo brother with someone, like it, they wouldn't like it. I find that men don't care. Really? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know that I've ever, ever actually like told them. If they don't have feelings for the person, they don't care. Okay. That way. Okay. And that's what Helen's saying, right? Yeah. She's saying it comes from love. So like when they love someone, yeah, you're going to be sexually possessive of them. But the only thing she says in the next part is talking about the main characteristics of romantic love are craving, an intense craving to be with a particular person, not just sexually, but emotionally. Like, it's nice if you go to bed with them, but you also want them to call you on the phone, invite you out, etc., tell you they love you. I was like, that is kind of the opposite of the rules then for women. If both people crave that, yeah. the rules is never initiating any of that. It's almost like you're keeping your person in a constant state of craving then. Then, it, yeah, but are you creating this desire? I don't know. That's debatable. Yeah. Cause it's almost like if you think about sort of like the animal kingdom, mm-hmm. that like an animal has a craving and you're not giving it to them, they're just going to become more hungry. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do we just treat men like rabid animals? Like <laughs> not rabid. That was the wrong word. Wild. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, I don't, I mean, I feel this cause it's like, if I don't like someone, I don't want to see them that much, even if I am having sex with them. Yeah. And like, if I don't like someone and they text me Mm -hmm. a lot, drives me insane. Yeah. It pushes you away. And it could not even be that many times. Mm -hmm. It could be like four times in a day. And I'm like, this psychopath is obsessed with me. But then if I like someone and I get like three texts from them, I'm livid. Yes. You know? Yes. I'm like, this person hates me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's tricky. Yeah. Or it also, it makes me think of when people are like, a lot of times when we do things like say I love you, it's because we want to hear I love you. Right. And not just a genuine, we are trying to just give this love to this person. Yeah. Like it's, But I'm like, I think that just proves it. It's like, well, you partly say that because you do want to hear it. Right. And you want to get that validation back that this other person mm-hmm. is feeling this strongly that you yes. are because it's terrifying to have those feelings. Absolutely terrifying. Oh, God. Uh, And then the other two parts, it breaks it down for characteristic-wise. It says the other characteristic is motivation. The motor in the brain begins to crank, and you want this person. And the last one is obsession. (laughs) She says, before I put the people in the MRI machine, I would ask them all types of questions. But my most important question was always the same. It was what percentage of the day and night 
do you think about this person? And they would say all day, all night, I could never stop thinking about him or her. I've never had a guy that I was dating say something like this about me. I mean, or I guess like, that you know of. I've never felt like they were that into me. <laughs> like, I would say the most that a guy has ever been into me was Space Jam in the beginning. Mm. And I was definitely like, there was a lot of time. So I was just like, he's not thinking about me. He's just in his own little world. Funny. But I felt like that of, like, obsessive. It has such a negative connotation. But, like, I get what she's saying of that. Just my thoughts were definitely consumed by someone that I was into. Mm-hmm. And, like, can't really focus. But... It was also then driving anxiety of like, okay, you crazy person. Like they're not <laughs> thinking about you too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think of it more as they're the first person you think about, whether it's you get news that you want to tell someone good, bad, whatever. It's that mm-hmm. first person you think to call. And it's also the first person you think when I guess you're making any type of decision, mm-hmm. especially people madly in love that have been together for years. It's like, I feel like man, woman, if you ask them something, they're always like, let me just check with my spouse before I a hundred percent agree. Right. So it's kind of, I think it's just the forming of we. Right. Kind of. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like I'm working on a project. Like I got to focus on this project. <laughs> I'm not every three seconds being like, oh, I wonder what my boyfriend's doing. You know? Have you ever had that like really early on though? Yeah. When- the constant communication, like the little adrenaline of like talking all the time. So like they're constantly on their mind. Yeah. But sure. like not even talking all the time. It's all like, it's worse for me when I'm not hearing from them. Cause I'm mm. like, what are they doing? Why aren't they texting me? Very What's true. more important than me? Nothing. I, yeah. Does that happen to you? Like, do you get spirally like that? I more feel that after a breakup. Interesting. Because it's like, oh, I can't reach out to this person. And now I want to know what they're doing. But also because I was used to hearing from them all the time. Uh, so that I feel like is why that part is so hard to detox. Yeah. When people are like, block them on everything. Don't communicate, blah, blah, blah. Like I used to not believe that. Now I'm a very big believer in it because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's literally a habit you have to break. Yeah. I, when I'm seeing someone new now, I don't like to text them all the time because of that habit, mm-hmm. which I'm like, am I now putting up walls and like not allowing myself to actually get to that level of liking them? Or am I just having healthy communication styles? Some would say so. But I basically would be like, if the alternative is you call them every night, I'm like, well. Yeah, no, I don't do that. Okay. But if that's <laughs> like, if you're like, okay, I can't text all day as most people are busy with work. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like one of my relationship went on, then it was just like, oh, we wouldn't text as much during the day, but I would have this phone call every night for 20 minutes. Yeah. So then it was like, ah, uh, that time comes every day and I'm craving that communication part. Yeah. So it kind that- of depends. Whatever your pattern is. You're going to have to like maybe break it at some point. Right. Yeah. You're always going to have to break something, which is obviously the worst part because it is kind of like this addiction. Mm-hmm. So you truly are detoxing. Oh yeah. Which is like, I think how to heal a broken heart, how to mend a broken heart, how to heal a broken heart, whatever yeah. that book is. How to fix a broken heart. Yeah. <laughs> what is some. with my words today? Guy Finch. Yeah. Guy Finch. <laughs> Look him up. Some with hearts. Guy Finch and heart. You'll find it. Um, But I believe he actually talks about this in his book Mm -hmm. of that it very much is like an addiction and we don't really treat it that way. You know, we when people are going through real like drug withdrawals and real addiction withdrawals Mm -hmm. that are normalized, we have so much sympathy for them. But when someone goes through a breakup, we're just kind of like, you know, kind of rub some dirt on it. Get back out there. You're going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And the big thing is that also is mentioned in this story is how your brain, when you love someone, always thinks of the good things over yeah. the bad things. You'll know the bad things. They'll drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. But the good things is always what you go back to. You're like, but I love them so much because of this. So mm-hmm. then after a breakup, you're thinking about all the good times and the reasons you love them. And he, is, he instructs you to look at all the reasons why you didn't like them. Yeah. And like specific pet peeves and scenarios. It was like when you get in that thinking mode, he trains, he tries to train your brain of look at a list of bad qualities yeah. of the person. And they can be really hard to find. Like you, me and Chris Especially found fresh. this after mine. And I was like, I just saw no red flags, but it's because you're blinded to it. You're trained. And even like this study says it's like the smallest things you'll pick out. Of, mm-hmm. They have an example of one man of the way that he focused on how his spouse rolled out like a chinese sleepy mat yeah and it's like that was what he was obsessed about with her it's like she did it better than anybody else and like (laughs) another example is that they would just focus on you know their glass of wine or something like Mm -hmm. you know little little things and you can't see big picture so it's like i think that's why it's so healthy afterwards when you know like enough time has passed like 
really talk to friends too Mm -hmm. because they can they see the the blind spots for you yeah because i think also a lot of times you subconsciously write off a breakup fresh are also hesitant to talk badly about your partner Mm -hmm. because one you were used to during your relationship i mean hopefully kind of keeping certain little tiffs private because it's like well i love this person and i don't want people i love to not love them right right but two i think you subconsciously have this feeling of what if we are to get back together yeah because you never wanted someone has a joke about that i think it's dan soder of like you talk a whole bunch of shit about someone you break up with and then you bring them back in the room with your friends yeah. so you're kind of like let's be real cool about this <laughs> <laughs> but it's true yeah so it's like you know basically trash talking them is kind of the same as like blocking them a bit of your like Oh, I'm officially saying it's over. Yeah. It's officially over and I'm officially going to move on. Where a lot of times we have this like two week, almost kind of grace period of like, well, is this really it? Is this breakup really going to stick? Kind of thing. Yeah. And I think the longer you've been together, the harder that is. Because it's Uh like you're programmed to have fights. So you're going to have more fights. So it's like, okay, this one was real or was this just another? Yeah, maybe. Just blow up. I don't know. Haven't gotten that far, but that's how it looks <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> um, the other thing I found was really interesting about this study was that after the question of what percentage of do you think about them in the day or the night, they end with, would you die for him or her? And almost every single person who was in love said yes. Yeah. That I'm like, I thought I'd been in love before, but I would not die for any of the men that I've dated. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, also, uh, but would you say you were in love? You were fully, madly, deeply in love. I thought I was at the time, but now looking back, I'm just like, yeah, probably not. Right. Or not mm. yet, depending on, because that could also just be a length thing. Yeah. Of like, you could be like three months in being like, I'm falling in love with this person. I, yeah. I'm about to be like, I love you. Mm-hmm. But... It might be like, yeah, maybe I'd still need like a year to be like, oh, I'm I'm in and I would die for this person. Yeah, because I'm also like if any one of the guys who like I thought I was in love with was like, do you want to marry me? I would be like, no, not right now. You know, <laughs> like I was never in one of those situations. That's not a very telling sign. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't die for you and I also wouldn't marry you. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you chill out? I'll go to dinner with you. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> you should back it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Laying it on a little thick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can have sex with me you're welcome (laughs) yeah that question i was like i yeah no one i would die for i don't think they would have died for me but it's like yeah no and i thought that was crazy i'm like would i ever say that about a person but then it's like for me i just think of my family and i go well i would die for my family yeah and it's just like yeah because i truly love them and i think a big part of that for women is trusting that this person isn't gonna leave you right which i've never felt that right yes like having that security of like i'm really fully with this person or some might even say married yeah i don't know if this study was all married people but it's like if it was a bunch of married women yeah that doesn't surprise me then that they would say yes i'd rather it be you than me i was also just i mean me than you (laughs) (laughs) married women push him in front of the bus (laughs) that's where it changes (laughs) i'd rather you die honey Oh, that wasn't the question? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You have better life insurance. (laughs) Uh, No, I wonder, too, if how many of them had children? Because I think that's that's when it changes for a lot of people. It's like Mm. you kind of get to a point where you hear married people say, like, well, that's a mother of my children. And even, like, divorced people who still have a really, really great relationship. Like, they have a relationship with this person because Mm. of their kids. Yes. And so I think that's where it gets super complicated, too. Uh, one thing that was interesting is it references romantic love and it claims that it's not an emotion. Like you think it's a series of emotion from high to low, but actually it's a drive. It comes from the motor of the mind, the wanting part of the mind, the craving part of the mind, the part of the mind where you're reaching for that piece of chocolate, where you want to win that promotion at work, the motor of the brain, it's a drive. So she says, in fact, I think it's more powerful than the sex drive. You know, if you ask somebody to go to bed with you and they say, no, thank you. You certainly don't kill yourself or slip into a clinical depression. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not. <laughs> Some people might. Uh, but certainly around the world, people who are rejected in love will kill for it. People live for love. They kill for love. They die for love. They have songs, poems, novels, sculptures, paintings, myths, legends. In over 175 societies, people have left their evidence of this powerful brain system. I've come to think it is the most powerful brain systems on earth for both great joy and great sorrow that 
absolutely makes sense to me because especially the the drive comparison Mm -hmm. because like when i think about us and like the way we pursue things and talk about it on the show it's like i feel like in a lot of ways like we'll go after a guy that we're into in the way that we go after a promotion you know yeah like to me it's like okay if i work really hard i can accomplish this thing Mm -hmm. but i think what she's failing to say is that i don't think you can do that in a social thing like because in love and relationships you can't it's not measurable you know whereas like a promotion you can chase after it and you can set like kpis and like performance reviews and things like that but like in in love you really can't do that or you could argue romantic love in movies the man can do that the woman can't oh 100 percent of the time like, you know yeah. like this 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 chase basically do I you think, think a man in real life can do that uh yeah i think that's the whole rules theory really it's basically like this man who really loves you is gonna like chase you chase you chase you and then do whatever he can and have this drive mm. to be with you yeah i don't know god i hope I, a man doesn't just wear me down and i'm like fine <laughs> <You know? laughs> that would be my nightmare I'm just like give up right <laughs> but i i thought of it more it made a lot of sense especially when she said great sorrow and great joy of the stat that like most pe- most people if they've been married a long time will die within a year that their spouse died yeah that's like truly dying of a broken heart right mm-hmm. that and also you know we're talking love and romantic relationships but like you said love for children that is often when people actually really step it up in their careers because there's this motivating drive of like i have these children i need to provide for yeah so it's like it ups their game or plenty of people say once they got married they also like up their game at work because it was like, oh, now I'm building a life for a family, a future family, or just I have this other person that I mm-hmm. don't want to let them down. Yeah. And I think too, it's almost like stepping into a next phase of your life. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not just playing around like in my single life anymore mm-hmm. and just, you know, getting by paycheck to paycheck. It's like, you have to think about big picture and usually start to take on a mortgage and like planning yeah. for colleges and, and all of those things that come with it. So it's like, yeah that that makes sense right yeah the settling down phase is when you there's more big purchases happening right so even that might just start with like the engagement ring yeah for a man of just like oh okay i have a big purchase i have to make so i need to like save and maybe that's what makes a guy be like let me ask for a promotion help me get this ring yeah i think like, it is i mean i wouldn't be surprised you know? and also you kind of hear especially in situations where like people are close with their boss like Mm -hmm. they sometimes let them in on that of like yeah this is what i want to do and so people it almost becomes like a community feeling you know helping the guy out you shouldn't be surprised i'm asking i'm about to get married so (laughs) i need that dough (laughs) and if you want the invite (laughs) (laughs) okay it does say that the sex drive is part of the brain systems though she just thinks it's not as powerful as the other original drive and it says so the sex drive is the craving for sexual gratification. Auden called it an intolerable neural itch. And indeed, that's what it is. It keeps bothering you a little bit like being hungry. The second of the three bearing systems is romantic love. The elation obsession. Uh, Jesus Christ. The second of these three brain systems is romantic love. That elation obsession, obsession of early love. And the third brain system is attachment. The sense of calm and security you can feel for a long-term partner. So I would say we have not hit that attachment system yet, Molly. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think we're still lacking that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the part I've lacked, that's for sure. That'll kick in one day. Mm. I kind of want to have my brain studied because what if it's just not there? <laughs> you know, like I found a dent in the back of my head the other day. I'm like, what if it just didn't It form? just got rid of it? Yeah. Like you're unable to be attached to somebody? Yeah. Maybe. It's possible. I think it, I think it just comes from your anxiety, your anxious attachment style. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. That is always just like firing off of like, no. <laughs> you are the combo. That's true. I think like her whole premise in this, like a background for the listeners is that she is saying that women are almost like reverting back to like ancient African times where it would have been considered an equal income household, right? Where mm. the men were the hunters, the women were the gatherers, and they would bring home like more than 50 percent of the food and so she's saying that like in this time period of when this came out the early 2000s that women are going back into the workforce and like feeling equal and also being sexually liberated and feeling Mm. sexually equal i would love to actually know the gender breakdown here though of that if 
women have the same sex drive as men because we're so often told that one they Mm. don't and then two that it changes with age and that as women are becoming more sexual beings as they hit 30 that that's when men stop being as sexual you know yeah sexual peak right with your hormones yeah right so men peak at like 14 right and then yeah which is (laughs) yeah it's so weird so I don't like I would just love to know the difference because like I think I have a pretty high sex drive but I know like a lot of women who just don't Mm. you know and I don't think it would be a driving force for them I mean my personal theory what is if you've had good sex then you have a high sex drive period yeah because you're always chasing that high Mm -hmm. and I would I would say that for both men and women actually but more predominantly women because I've had male friends that are very anxious people and are very always worried and not like truly asking for what they want in bed either. Okay. So. But are they coming? I mean, probably. <laughs> you know, I mean, probably, like, oh, we want to throw that. Yeah, that's a cherry on top situation. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, like if your sex with your partner isn't great, why would you crave that? Yeah, I don't know. Is how I look at it. Yeah. You know, like so like dry cake. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like. I don't know. I think it, it's a combo of like, say you got married young and that was the only person you've been with, so you don't know any better and mm-hmm. it's it's not amazing sex, right? And then you have, as you're approaching 30, your sex drive suddenly increases as a woman. Then you're suddenly more sexual. And it's like, so maybe, maybe the sex drive would increase, but maybe it also kind of wouldn't. I don't know. I just can't imagine like getting horned up and then having bad sex all of the time. I just wouldn't. I simply would not. Well, that, that's the thing. I wonder, would I keep trying? I think I would tap out. Yeah. It's like, could you really get to the love and attachment with someone that you're having bad sex with? Uh, yeah. I, th- I still think you can because I've, I mean, I've seen women do it. Women that have had good sex, I've seen do it and still get caught in these relationships. Do you think it's the person or the concept though of marriage and like the social construct of like that I need to be married and start having kids and like this is the person who's here at this time and they check all these other boxes. So um, it's like, let's do it. No, I mean, I think it truly is just the love is blind thing. Where they just, wow. they love this person and they love everything about them. And that's like the only, I guess, negative per se. And they sit there and they go, I have all these other great things about this person and I love them so much. And they just want to be with them. What a sacrifice. That's the all die. Kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> every night. Every night I die a little more. <laughs> oh, is that an option of the study? I didn't know that was part of the study. Yeah. I'm getting... <laughs> you can take me out right now <laughs> why are we single <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on guys we want to fuck <laughs> somebody date us uh yeah funny the sex drive also says the sex drive is important because it's evolved to get you out there like that's yeah. what makes you go out there to even try to find new partners and that's I'm what like, makes you a shooter yeah that's, <laughs> that's what makes you make your move man that checks out that checks <laughs> out <laughs> Right? Because honestly, yeah, if I never got horny, why would I care to be on a dating app? Right. I wouldn't be like, let's get a man over here soon, you know? Right. I'd be doing so many other things. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's a really good point. The other thing that I found really interesting about this is when they talk about men and women being equal. And she says, in the words of Ted Hughes, I think that... Sorry. She says, in the words of Ted Hughes, I think that we are like two feet. We need each other to get ahead, but we did not evolve to have the same brain. And we're finding more and more the gender differences in the brain. Um, so she's like, they're equal, but they're, they're not the same. And mm-hmm. I, when I was listening to this, I was really thinking about how we fight as women for equality, but we feel like, I feel like in a lot of times, like the lines are blurred between equality and sameness yes because it's like if we aren't doing the exact same thing as the man then we're not good enough Mm. and they talk about how women have become evolved where like almost like our our secret power superpower is language and i feel like so many of the things that women are particularly good at and have evolved to be really good at like language and communication we're just like docked for being good at like it's such a negative connotation in society of like well women talk Mm, it's like yeah that it doesn't necessarily mean gossip it's like we're gonna say and use our words mm-hmm. and communicate our emotional intelligence and men 
can really only just like kill things i guess <laughs> like i don't know what like what is, and what have they evolved to really bring to the table beyond cavemen yeah it's making me think of uh to quote love for uh, all women work in marketing <laughs> <laughs> well this says journalism and writers so yeah, he's, he's on to something similar yeah. but it makes sense of like one women are typically higher consumers than men we typically buy more stuff than men do yeah my dad always says um women shop men replace yes very very true mm-hmm. and then you can make that argument of like well because women's trends change more and there's more pressure on women to look and da 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 yeah so it's like there's several factors into this <laughs> um but yeah the talking yeah for sure but she's saying like the positives of it of women are the ones who especially when you, you know they're at home with the children are talking to the child and educating the child and then creating like this next generation yep. and development it's like there's so many positive things that come from a woman's uh-huh. ability to communicate that mm-hmm. I, I i just found that really fascinating the concept that equality isn't sameness no it's not but funny it makes me think of i know a handful of women that are in sales for tech and they kill the game. Oh, I bet. Because they are better at talking than men are. Yeah. So and the and all their clients are men. And yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I'm not surprised. In tech particularly, actually, mm-hmm. a lot of like really techie guys don't have much of a personality. And actually that's funny because my brother is really he's he was aeronautical and mechanical engineering. Yep. Super techie. And so he a couple of years ago switched to engineering sales. And what he said was he was like, wow, I didn't know that a lot of engineers just like can't really, nope. they don't have personalities. They can't talk. No. Nope. Like, Maybe you should have gone to class, Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to learn that. Yeah. Okay. So the thing it says about men is on average, men tend to get rid of what they regard as extraneous and focus on what they do and move in a more step-by-step thinking pattern. They're both perfectly good ways of thinking. We need them both to get ahead. In fact, there's many more male geniuses in the world. And there's also many more male idiots in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But that, you know what? That makes the most sense to me. What? Is why men are better at delegating than women. Yes. Because they think in a step-by-step and they think, what is my job? So if they find a part of their process, they go, okay, this thing is not part of my job. They're more likely to outsource it. And that actually gives them more time to move ahead. Yeah. But I think, too, that when a woman is in a position of delegating, she just will really quickly be looked at as a bitch. Also that. You know, like, because then you're the bossy woman, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that men are just more... Society pushes them in positions of leadership and being bosses. So it's like, okay, we'll just listen to this man. Mm -hmm. Because I can't tell you the number of times I've been in a meeting with a man who has a lower title than me. And everyone just like looks to them for the solutions, but then we go back and I'm the one who has to actually do the work exactly. and create the solutions mm-hmm. and tell them what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so one hilarious thing she says is when she starts to talk about infidelity of them saying, okay, men basically are more likely to cheat. Why is it that men are so adulterous? Why, why do you think men are more adulterous than women? And she says, who do you think these men are sleeping with? <laughs> That was great. That was so great. Great fucking point. Because it's like the woman knows. Yeah. In most scenarios. She knows. Oh, 100%. It's very rare. Mm -hmm. It may be in the beginning. I will say because I've had men come on to me who are in relationships. Mm -hmm. And the very beginning, you have no idea. But at some point. You know. You definitely know. The Mm -hmm. blinders have come off. And it's like, yeah. It takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. But she's saying they're seeing a big rise in female sexual expression. And, it, and she thinks it's partly due to the workforce. She says, in the Western world, so our world specifically, women start sooner at sex, have more partners, express less remorse for the partners that they do, marry later, have fewer children, leave bad marriages in order to get good ones. We are seeing the rise of female sexual expression. And indeed, once again, we're moving forward to the kind of sexual expression that we probably saw on the grasslands of Africa a million years ago, because this is the kind of sexual expression that we see in hunting and gathering societies today. It is fascinating when you think about it of like, I know a lot of people in like my parents' generation who are one of like 12 or 13 kids. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden it was like two to three, you know, and just like one generation Mm -hmm. which is wild and also like women getting married significantly later so it's like not only do you not have time to be cranking out that many kids but Mm -hmm. it's like i i I think it's fascinating how quickly we saw that change oh definitely and also there was a higher change in people that would not marry someone that every single quality that they were looking for in a partner 
but they were not in love with that person. So it changed from 86, no, I don't know what it changed from, but it was a rise. 91% of American women and 86% of American men follow that statistic. That they would not marry someone that they weren't in love with, even if they had had everything they wanted. Yep, wouldn't. Interesting. So, like, I agree with that, but, like, do you think there's a reason that people aren't falling for those people? Like, are Uh, they holding out? Is that kind of that, like, fear of a better option creeping in at that point? You could debate it's that, but you also could debate the fact that women are more likely to be making their own money and independent. They don't look at someone to have to provide for them. Yeah, like, you're not going from your parents' house to your husband's house anymore. No, I have my own place. Like, I have what I need. I'm not looking for you to give me what I need in those terms. I need love, and I need to love you. So it's arguing that before there were more loveless marriages... Uh, in a way yeah or someone saying i'm not fully in love with him but he could give me this great life okay because when women weren't working got it i think it makes sense i think that makes sense yeah that adds up to me yeah okay so i i thought this was really interesting on divorce she says i looked at a divorce i looked at divorce data in 58 societies as it turns out the older you get and the less like the less likely you are to divorce so the divorce rate right now the divorce rate right now is stable in America and is actually beginning to decline. It may decline some more. And this part's hilarious. She said, I would even say that with Viagra, estrogen replacement, and hip replacements, and the incredibly interesting woman, women have never been as interesting before as they are now. And not at any time on this planet have women been so educated and so interesting and so capable. I honestly think that if there is ever really a time in human evolution, when we have the opportunity to make good marriages, that time is now. The hip replacement got me. Yeah. That's very specific. That and I feel like is, I know what you're saying, Helen. Yeah. I was yeah. like, all right, Helen. <laughs> like, we've replaced a lot of things these days. Yeah. <laughs> She's basically been like, you can have sex for a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can get new hardware. <laughs> yeah. You can keep going at it. Yeah. I'll give you whatever pills you need. Fine. <laughs> I don't know exactly when her TED Talk came out. I, I know it's not recently, but. It, I think it, this it, was 2006. Yeah, the divorce yeah. the divorce rate has officially declined. Yeah. It has. It's not 50% anymore. Nope. Which yeah, that's very very interesting. Also, I think that's fascinating to look through the lens of I think divorce has become more socially accepted and normalized. So it's like as there, it's not taboo, everyone's like, yeah, we're kind of good. Yeah. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would actually want to look at that stat though and see if there's the same number of marriages every like legal marriages because i think fewer people get legally married because before if you were just like together with somebody it would be an uproar Mm -hmm. that you didn't get married and now that's also normalized true whereas like like i know people who have dated for years and years and lived together and they're like yeah we broke up and that was basically a divorce that's like Mm. is that split a generation ago they would have had rings they would have been married and that would have been a divorce split yeah because they own like property together all that stuff that's like i would be curious to know that stat oh yeah we know the tale is all this time of moving in together and not getting married yeah we do so it's like yeah true that would uh, back in the day count as a divorce stat yeah i was gonna i almost my brain actually went to like prenups i was like maybe there's also just a rise in prenups and maybe that makes people either not get married or not get divorced (laughs) yeah maybe <laughs> like they're finding out they're not getting as much yeah because back yeah. if you have a prenup and before you had a prenup it would be like oh i could leave this guy and have half of his shit yeah <laughs> if you got a prenup you're like i don't get half if i leave so yeah and then w- you really gotta think about it well and with more women working and like mm-hmm. the salaries being relative closer to equal it's like you have more to lose mm-hmm. and child support's not cheap so it's like all right no, well if you not. stay together no, we'll just not. you know figure it out together mm-hmm Okay, so she ends this um, with kind of a a fear that she has for the future. So knowing that this is done in 2006, I think we should like talk about where we think this prediction is at now because I had some thoughts about it. And she says, her worry is about antidepressants. Over 100 million prescriptions of antidepressants are written every year in the United States. And these drugs are going generic. They are seeping around the world. I know one girl who's been on these antidepressants, serotonin-enhancing antidepressants, since she was 13, and she's now 23. So she's been on them for 10 years. She's like, I've got nothing against people who take them in the short term, 
and when they're going through something horrible that if they want to commit suicide or kill somebody, I would recommend it. But more and more people in the U.S. are taking them for the long term. And indeed, what these drugs do is they raise levels of serotonin. But by raising levels of serotonin, you suppress the dopamine circuit. Everybody knows that. Dopamine is associated with romantic love. Not only do they suppress the dopamine circuit, but they also kill the sex drive. And when you kill the sex drive, you kill the orgasm. When you kill the orgasm, you kill the flood of drugs associated with attachment. The things that are connected, the things, the things are connected in the brain. And when you tamper with one brain system, you're going to tamper with another. I'm just simply saying that a world without love is a very deadly place. Okay, she's really not wrong. No. So many friends of mine that have gotten on antidepressants have shown a decrease in sex drive, but specifically, even if they don't have that, decrease in being able to orgasm. Yes, that is 100% true. That's very true. And dopamine is the thing that is released uh, through sex with a partner that makes you attached. So the thing of casual sex, she also claims uh, at one point in the article, that's why casual sex kind of doesn't exist. She's like, if someone keeps making you orgasm regularly, you're going to have an attachment to them. Right. It's actually shocking because it's like 2006 and you think about we're kind of like half a generation almost mm-hmm. a full generation into that and you think about just like meme culture and the things that we make jokes about as a society is like our generation being dead inside and you yeah. know and it's like yeah because mm-hmm. we're just like feeding serotonin levels to like feel fine but we're not having these like real connections mm-hmm. to things and to people and i think more and more people are not feeling these attachments like it's I know so many people who are in our dating situation of mm-hmm. haven't really been in long relationships, but for our parents' generation, that's nuts. Yeah. You know, but they weren't drugged up. Like True. I've never taken antidepressants, so I'm like, I mean, this just made me think about when I've had dark times debating that same. And, but basically I was saying to myself, I don't want to have to deal with getting off of it. Yeah. Because you can't just suddenly stop taking it. No, you can't. And and I'm and I'm a very do whatever you have to do. And if you're in a dark place and, and need those things, you need those things. Yeah. Just for me personally, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do everything I can before selecting this option. Yeah. Because I've seen people just stop taking it and it goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. Or same thing of just then they are on it forever. Yeah. And, you know, there are different levels of it, but it's like... It's, it's tough. I like I, I, but also I come from a family that's a little more afraid with any medicine. Yeah. It always is very like, hey, if you're taking a pill to fix something, no matter what the thing is, you're just masking whatever the problem is. Yeah. Like when I had a knee surgery, I wasn't even allowed to take all the, the <laughs> <Yeah>. medicine. <laughs> for my mom was like, was my you're parents. ready for ibuprofen now. I was like, yeah. there's still stitches in my knee. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. what do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one part of it of addiction, but. It's it's a tough place to be in because I I I mean I feel like everybody knows people that are on things, especially and, this year. Yeah, but even before this year, I have friends of mine being like, I got on it and it changed my life. Like yeah. I don't know how I was living before, and it's just like, oh well, then that, yeah, do whatever you have to do. Can I ask you this? Hmm. Those friends, would you say, like, what percentage of them have been or or are in healthy relationships? Like, do you feel like it's impacted their ability to make an emotional connection? A good chunk of them actually would get on them post a relationship. Mm. So especially being in a long, serious relationship, very in love. It's almost like maybe that's why it's helping her reference to dopamine. If it's kind of muting the dopamine. Yeah. Like, are you not feeling the breakup is hard? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. essentially. Antidepressant probably. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Like I'm like, you know, people I know that have gone through divorces. That's often when people will then get on some type of antidepressant just to help them get through getting over that. Yeah. So funny you said that of relationships. I'm like, most of the people I know that get on any type of drug like this, they go through some type of loss and usually it is a loving relationship. Yeah. Or it's a family member. So it's still a relationship that they got like joy from. Man. But then I do know people that are on them that then do get in relationships. But it's like, it's, it's hard for me to like fully assume. It's like, I know both. I know people that like since being on them, then they have yet to be like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm so excited about this person. Yeah. But then I also know the opposite of people that are on them. They're like, it changed my life. I'm so happy. And they like start dating again. They so, got like the right chemical balance going yeah, on. Yeah, Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. For me, it kind of made a little more sense of certain things. Like I've been with people who have been on them and just had that point of like, 
okay what's going on what's wrong with me because mm. i'm feeling this connection but like they weren't and now i'm like was there is that just something that their brain isn't doing it might be a factor you know i think it's hard because you're never really gonna know right man that's tough because it's just like this i'm would i would bet anything this hundred million is so much higher today it uh, has yeah. to be I would, I would bet that you know wow and the orgasm thing is true for men too yeah it is of like ejaculating I, yeah i know a couple of male friends that that was the reason they got off whatever meds they were on it's funny they have sex a few times and don't orgasm they're like i gotta get off this mess. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy yeah. <laughs> this is, this is i'm more broken than i was before <laughs> yeah my god yeah i'm more like i'm on the pill i'm on depressants i'm on fucking everything still not coming <laughs> yeah still not working yeah mm. yeah but i wonder i was like yeah if i was on if i was on some type of pills would i be like ah, oh, what do i care to be in a relationship yeah, would we not have this show? Yeah, or it's almost like, do you need that little sadness of like, I'm a little sad. Maybe someone in my life will make it better. Maybe. Like, I don't maybe know. you kind of need that a little bit. Well, that's the drive, right? Yeah. When like she's you, talking about like the stages or whatever in the brain, the different circuits. Yeah. Then she's like, when you mess with one, you mess them all. So it's like, you're not going to have that drive. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. All right. So her next project she's working on is there's all kind of reasons you fall in love with one person rather than another. She says, timing is important. Proximity is important. Mystery is important. You fall in love with someone who's mysterious, in part because mystery elevates dopamine in the brain, probably pushes you over the threshold to fall in love. You fall in love with someone who fits within, I call your love map, an unconscious list of traits that you build in your childhood as you grow up. And I also think that you gravitate to certain people, actually with somewhat complementary brain systems. The mystery thing is interesting. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Like I had heard somewhere, I don't remember where it was, of the way that humans learn and like process anything with their brains through story. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think about when I think about that mystery firing off the dopamine is like, I know when I'm into someone, but I don't know that much about them. That's where my brain gets spinning and I start to kind of like create yeah. this story about them mm-hmm. and really, really hyping them up that I think like that really makes sense to me. So it's like you need to know more yeah that and also the mystery of like are they am i gonna hear from them are we gonna go on another date do they like me that's the whole game is like being like i'm into them but are they into me and not knowing yeah the people that come off too strong too hard fast of like i know and i want you it's like whoa yeah it's like why just too (laughs) much information (laughs) well i think it kind of fires up that craving too Mm -hmm. because you you want what you can't have yeah you know yeah but then it's like also the reason there are so many toxic relationships right like i've seen things of like did you really like you know having sex with your partner or was that the only time you felt like validated and oh, like they yeah. loved you and it's like oh tough oh, question that one that fucking hits hard yeah <laughs> Ooh. yeah or like the people that that's all that they do yeah you know that's mm-hmm. like what what kind of relationship is this yeah like know? the high and the lows yeah yeah oh, oh man this is crazy Damn, yeah I feel like I learned a lot. It's it's that's a lot. It's yeah. very interesting. Thank you so much for submitting this. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like, if anybody else has anything they want to submit for us to do, we really appreciate it because we're always looking for new topics and new yeah. research to look into. Uh, I guess I only have one question. Would you die for me, Molly? I would die for you. Yeah, yeah I'd die I would for you die too. For you. I love you. Yeah, yeah. I love you too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. y'all. <laughs> we're going to Romeo and Juliet after this. Yeah. <laughs> Bring on the bus. Yeah. Helen nailed it again. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to think about. Yeah. So love is like cocaine, guys. Uh, (laughs) And uh, follow us on Shooter's uh, Instagram. Yes. I want 20K by my birthday, which is in like two weeks. Yeah. We know you're out there. Yeah. Uh, Follow us at Shooter's Got a Shoot Pod. We are almost there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can follow me at Sperica with two A's. And I am at the Guaca underscore Molly. And we will see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.